And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Good morning, good morning, good morning, even though it's in the evening. It's definitely not morning, that's for sure. Well, I, I, I know I'm not supposed to say welcome to DDT Wrestling when we have a title intro that says DDT Wrestling, so I wasn't sure how to start, and the first thing that popped into my head was singing good morning. So What's good morning. Hello, my name is DC Matthews NAI, at DC Matthews NAI. Uh, that just seemed too too easy, too simple there, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. But that is who we are. And hello, good morning. It could be morning. It could be morning when people I are mean, listening to this. It is released on Friday mornings. I was ah, going to make that point. Victory. So, I mean, potentially that's a um, one way to go. But either way, whether it is morning, noon, or night, whether it is this week, next week, or 30 years in the future... I am glad to be talking to you. Yes, I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, joined as always by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. And I'm not even going to try to start the show because I know what you have. Why? Because I know what you have. No, no, no. Let's talk about wrestling. <laughs> wrestling and uh, all no. the great developments and no. all those things that happened <clears throat> on because um, the second television. Because the second I start to bring up something, you're going to yeah. begin unwrapping that those juice boxes that you bought and you're going to start talking about ecto cooler so why don't we just talk about ecto cooler now wait a minute out oh, there he goes he just launched his periscope let me open did, it up wait did it did it show up on twitter yes okay ecto cooler right. tasting i've got a good look at your keyboard oh okay i can tell it's now, a wait game. a minute you were telling can... me last time I can tell it's a gaming keyboard because WASD are in different colors. Indeed, they are. Um, so wait a minute. And you it's, were it's me... Logitech because that's what the camera's pointed at. Now wait a minute. You were telling me last time that is it better when the phone's like this, or is it better when it's like this? You have to remember there's like a ten or fifteen second delay. Okay, well, I'll wait till it switches, because I just moved Okay, it. so right now I've got what looks... Ah, that one is much better. When you hold the phone horizontally, it fills up almost the entire screen. When you hold it vertically, I get... It's almost like widescreen movies, except uh, vertical instead of horizontal. So please hold it that way. Oh, okay. Got it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... DDT pod. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't minimize you. DDT periscope? Yeah. So, hopefully you weren't on my screen there, were you? You were watching. Did you see yourself? No. (laughs) Okay, good. I I can see... Although I wasn't looking at the computer screen. Yeah, that would be the one. So now we need to start this whole show over. Well, not really. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think it's fine either way. All right, I think I can see chat this time, possibly. Uh, can somebody say something, Abby? Because I, I just want to see if I can actually see it. I don't have the last app, time so I, I'm not last allowed. Last time to c- I couldn't. See I'm not chat. allowed. I am not allowed to comment unless I have the app. Wait a minute. Should I wait? Should I switch DC over to speakers? Is that going to be a pain in the butt to to edit? Up. Oh, I saw 
Ed, Edward Sharp joined. Hello, Edward Sharp. Welcome to our DDT Periscope. I have 12 total viewers. It says, uh, don't worry, we're, we're going to get to the ecto-cooler, folks. It says I'm just 60. trying to work out the kinks. Now, what I'm I want to know, what I want to know, and uh, okay, that's something separate. What I want to know is, you have ecto-cooler, why do you also have a glass of water? You have all the hydration you need. Well, because this is far more than just being about pure hydration, DC. You didn't answer my question, DC, because you can hear me. And, w- and once again, okay, okay, I see the chat, I, I see the hearts, so I got that. But So I didn't put you on speakers yet? So once again, the people on Periscope can only hear me. Yes. Uh, I could switch you over to my speakers so they could hear you, but then you would get picked up on my microphone... So then you would also be on my recording for the podcast. As long as I make a note of the time index, I should be able to go in. You could even do this. In fact, you could do this before you... I could, but there's no way I'm going to. Before you export and send it to me, you could go through and mute the audio. But I can't just mute it. I would have to actually... Wouldn't I have to listen to it start and stop? Because otherwise... I would lose me if I just muted everything. Oh, that's a good point. Don't put me on speaker, then. It's going to be too much. All right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, hello, everybody. We're going to get right to this ecto-cooler. We've got all the kinks worked out now. Uh, Sounds like our good friend DC is not going to be joining us on speaker, although he is live in my headset. So, as we're having our conversation, I'll uh, maybe try to... You know, this is probably going to be terrible radio. Because we were just talking about nothing for a while, and the podcast was still recording. You realize that, right, DC? Welcome to our world. <laughs> Welcome. This is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> All right, sorry, folks. So we're just going to get straight into this. So once again, I am hijacking the airwaves of DDT Pod, and we are here for a live taste testing of yet another Ghostbusters-related confection. Uh, well, maybe not a confection, but I mean, it is a sugary morsel, so... I don't know what do you think, DC. Does it count as a does it count as a confection or not? Stop talking to me. They can't hear it. It doesn't matter if they can't hear you. I'm going to repeat what you say well enough that they'll understand what you're saying. That's all. What you know, uh, being a good orator is all about, right? I don't remember the question. See, Steve is telling me it's the best podcast ever already. All right. So, anyways, ecto cooler. I know that we did a, um, you know, a a poll trying to find out how members of the neighborhood how old they were. And as I recall, we are old men. And so if that is the case, I have to imagine that a good number of people have no idea what ecto-cooler is. Um, so just briefly, ecto-cooler was a Ghostbusters-themed high sea drink that was available way back, oh, geez, probably around Ghostbusters 2, which would have been, what, uh, 80, 88, 89, somewhere in there. I think the original Octa Cooler was released somewhere around the time that uh, Ghostbusters 2 was coming out to theaters. Um, and then it was going strong. Uh, they started the uh, real Ghostbusters cartoon series. That ran from, what, 86 to 91? Something like that. Anyway, so Ecto Cooler is this delightful drink. Um, and then they, you know, High C had along for a long time. It long outlasted the Ghostbusters like, brand name, you know what I mean? Like, Ecto Cooler was around, I think, until, like, 1997, and, like I said, the last thing, the movie was, like, in 88, 89, the second one, and then the real Ghostbusters cartoon, that went to, like, 91, so a good six years later, they were still making this stuff, um, but until, I guess, somebody at the Coca-Cola Corporation, who owns High C, by the way, must have gotten tired of paying the, uh, 
rights to the Ghostbusters name, the Ecto Cooler and Slimer and all that. And then they re-released it underneath some lame name, like uh, Jumpin' Orange Tanger Green, I think it was, something like that. Or Shocking Orange Tanger Green, something like that. Orange Tanger Green. And even then it was available for a long time. But then, Ecto Cooler, like, even the flavor of it, disappeared. It was gone. It's been, like, well over a decade, I think. Probably longer than that. You have not been able to get Ecto Cooler at all in any form, under any name. And now it's back. Ecto Cooler is back. They released this bad boy on May 30th. I, uh, went all around to the partners that were supposed to be carrying it. Um, it was supposed to be on, uh, Walmart, Walmart shelves, and, uh... What was the other one? ShopRite shelves locally. Neither one of those I could find it over the course of a two-week period, three-week period. And uh, I just happened to find it at our local grocery store this last week. And so uh, I just I just gave you all that background because I just want you to know how important this is to me. Ecto Cooler is delicious. And I love Ghostbusters. And something that's delicious plus Ghostbusters just makes it that much better. So, without further ado, for the first time since probably the year 2000, I am going to have a sip of Ecto Cooler. And I can only hope it's as delicious as I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Alright, so one last thing on this taste test. What color is it? What does everybody think? Get your guesses in now. I mean, based off the box, you'd have to believe it's green, right? You have to believe. Well, I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at how green that is. Oh, my God, that is green. That is so... Look at this! Would you look at the color that this is? I'm going to drink that, and then my insides are going to be that color. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was good. DC, are you even still listening? I'm not sure DC's still here. Well then. I guess we'll get back to the podcast. Oh, I heard podcasts. Okay, I'm back. I hope everybody here has enjoyed this ecto-cooler tasting as nearly as much as I have. Out of curiosity, how the heck do I end this thing? <laughs> All right. <sighs> it is off the air. That was got to be... The worst opening to a podcast ever. Am I right, DC? We're now 11 minutes in. You stopped talking, I think, about six minutes ago. I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I put some, some gold coins over my eyes. I just kind of had a little nap there. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy it. You look like you're happy. Um, awkwardly <sighs> drinking that juice box. But, uh, I, I think... You just wish you had some ecto-cooler. I'd like to point out, I've never been invited over for these sorts of things. Why would I invite you over? 
to share in the ecto cooler goodness. Well, if I shared, <clears throat> that'd be less for me. I'm watching it again to make sure that I don't show up on camera, but I don't. We're good. All you right. sure? Yeah. So I can delete it. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm Sorry. good. All right. So, ecto cooler goodness. Um, Mrs. Matthews has said that the four of us should take in this movie in a week or two. This is why I uh, also brought the water, because this juice box is empty. Didn't you have two juice boxes, though? I do. I have two. But they're only six ounces, and that's just not going to last. Now, we, we had this conversation last week. How many... Do you think you could eat, drink an entire box of boxes of Ecto Cooler? An entire pack? Let's see. Um, there's ten in a pack, so six ounces is 60 ounces. So we're talking half a gallon of Ecto Cooler in a sitting? That seems doable. Okay. And then my question is this. If you did, what color do you think things would be later? Because I had an awkward moment once when I was sick, and I drank a lot of purple Gatorade. When you were sick or when you were six? Sick. As in, I was not feeling well. I was a little dehydrated. So but you were Mrs. probably like 36, right? Mrs. Meth. Yes, I was 36. Uh, since <laughs> we both know we're younger than that. Uh, I Are I, we? Sure. Let's go with that. I bought... Some, or I think Mrs. Matthews bought me some purple Gatorade, which, of course, I drank pretty much like one or two whole bottles in the span of, you know, three or four hours. Wait, when you say whole bottles, are you talking like the 16-ounce the bottles? No. The 32-ounce bottles? Probably or the 64-ounce bottles? It was like the medium size. It wasn't the big, big one, but it wasn't okay. like a single serving either. But I drank enough of it so that... The fat bottles. Yeah, so that later, like the next day, I I thought I was dying because things had turned colors and I just didn't know what was going on. And then I realized... What kinds of things? Uh, things that shouldn't be different colors. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you would think it would come out purple. You'd be wrong. <laughs> You'd be wrong. It, it was, gets changed. It was this lovely, like, bluish-green thing. This is the worst podcast we've ever done. <laughs> it's certainly the crappiest. Hey now. Hey now. Uh but anyways, what's next? You've kind of set the precedent now. You've done the Twinkies, you've done the Ecto Cooler. How do you top this? Oreos. That's true. That's true. I did see our mutual friend GQ on the 4th of July at a local parade. In his hometown, because that is now that is now the hometown of Mama and Papa Matthews. Did oh, you yeah, that's right. did you know that they now live literally about a mile from GQ? I did know that, and I know that he's also very disappointed that you never go and visit him. Well, we saw it. I, I complimented him from afar. I texted him and complimented him on his new chin strap that he's got going on. But uh, I met I met his young son for the first time. That was the first time we'd met him. Huh. Yeah. I'm sure you've met him, you know, 12 or 15 times by now. Maybe maybe twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. But either way, regardless, uh, we did talk about potentially, maybe even next week, potentially casting some trio pods. We will be right. like the Lucha Underground trios champions. I had mentioned to him, and I don't know whether this works for you at all, but I thought it would be super fun... If we could get together and do a pod live during the draft. That might be doable. I thought that would be cool. That might be doable. 
Um, speaking of trios champions, do you know who the current trios champions in Lucha Underground are? Um, Don't cheat. Don't I'm cheat. I'm going to have to look that up because I have no idea. I think I know, and I don't even watch the show. I think John Morrison is one-third of the trio's champions. You'd be wrong because John Morrison no longer exists. He is Johnny Mundo! And I think it's the Darewolf because that's a name. The Darewolf, P.J. Black, and... Um, uh, oh, what's the guy? He used to name? be somebody, didn't he? Justin Gabriel. That's the one. Justin Gabriel. That's the Of one. the Nexus or the Corey, whichever one. The Corey. The Corey. And then I think it's the other guy, Jack Evans. I believe it's Jack Evans, PJ Black, and Johnny Mundo. Yes, you'd be correct. That is why the trio's champion. Haven't watched. I think the only, the only uh, episode I saw was the first one, and I still know the trio's champions. Go. Well, that's good. Go me. We just but too many spoilers. Uh, while we're on the topic of Lucha Underground, they've got a pretty big show coming up. A show so big, it's going to be held in three parts. It is time for Ultima Lucha Dos. Now, here's the thing with Lucha Underground, and I'm sort of thrown off by this. Um, I was under the impression that there were a ton of episodes in each season. And I didn't watch the first season, and I didn't watch season two from the beginning. I just picked it up randomly, I don't know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. And I've been watching it ever since. But because of that, I didn't really realize that we are coming up on the end of season two. I didn't know that this um, Ultimo Lucho Dos is the season finale, in fact. Um, And so that set me down a rabbit hole when we had mentioned that to me earlier. And this season has 26 episodes, whereas season one had 39. So there's two-thirds, basically, um, the number of episodes in this season than there were in the first. Why do you think that is, DC? Probably a financial thing. It's probably easier. Except they had the finances set up to have already recorded season three. Exactly. So rather than only recording one long season two with the same amount of money, they can put three seasons in the bag. Yeah, I guess so. And since the reports are that uh, arguably the biggest star of season one, uh, Prince Puma, a.k.a. Ricochet, is not going to be returning to Lucha Underground, uh, they got three seasons out of him and can now, I'm assuming, because again, I haven't watched... Uh, I'm assuming they've spent most of oh, season good. two. I'm glad you enjoy your ecto cooler. Um, so Mrs. Manson was wondering if you needed a green Twinkie to go with it. Yeah, I decided I would hold off on the Twinkies. All right. We do have s'mores Oreos downstairs, though, which I've never had. Before. We need to sit. We need to. We have to do a giant Oreos taste test at a later date. I bet you they're all delicious. We'll see. I've seen some flavors that are a little crazy. Buffalo wing Oreos? No, not so much. Do those actually exist? No. One that I've actually seen that I was not sold on was watermelon Oreos. Are they a vanilla cookie or a chocolate cookie? Vanilla. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could I could see it. They had a lemon one for a while, and I thought that looked quite tasty. I'm all for lemon everything. There's it's a, also the, the vanilla cookies. There's so, a, I mean, I there's a lemon good. pound cake that is served uh, at the grocery store next door. has lemon pound cake, and every day I debate the merits of buying a whole <laughs> loaf and bringing it home. 
but then I'd have to figure out how to hide it and get it in the house without it being thrown away by other people who live here. Um, all right, so talking about Ultima Lucha, um, tell us about it. You are, you are the resident expert in all things Lucha Underground. This is their big show. This is their WrestleMania of sorts. Um, well, you know, I didn't really know that going into this, so I can't say that I've been paying too much attention uh, to the build. So, I mean, I've been watching it on a weekly basis, so I could tell you a little bit about it. Like, I know the Trios Championship is going to be defended, but like, I don't necessarily know the names of everybody on that other team. So, let me ask you this question. Do you watch Lucha Underground differently than you watch WWE? I would say so. I mean, this is going to sound strange considering what I just said to you, but I watch Lucha Underground more actively than I watch WWE. So then why is it difficult for you? Because now granted, your rec- your record of like... no your record of knowing matches for pay-per-views is weak at best. So, you know, but is it because you haven't had the history of it? Is it because it's all new to you so you're still trying to figure out? I mean, part of it is that it's new cuz like for instance, some of those people that are on you know, the team that is um challenging for the Trios Championship I've never seen them before. Who? I, who? Huh? So t- tell me who. Tell me about the match. What should I be expecting? Your job is to sell the neighborhood on watching Ultima Lucha. For a guy I don't like think me. I, I don't, for a guy well, I don't like think me. I can do that. I don't think I can do that. All I can tell you is, because again, I'm so new to this. We're only go back, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I do think I watch it more actively. But even if I'm watching it the last six to eight weeks, yeah, there are some people who appear on a weekly basis, and I know who they are. Right, I know who Matanza Cueto is. I know who Sexy Star is. I know who Mariposa is. I know who Marty the Moth is. But this Prince Puma guy, I know you say he's the star of season one. I've seen him in exactly, I think, one episode. Okay? So, and he didn't even wrestle, I don't think. He was just there to challenge Rey Mysterio Jr., to the match that they're having See, at Ultra Lucha you've Dose. Gotta, you've got to watch season one. Prince Puma was the first. Lucha but see, this is champion. why I'm telling you it's difficult for me to tell you exactly what's going on because it's they only they only have one hour a week and as I saved as I've said to you before and there's a lot of people out there who think one hour is perfect for that show but I actually think they could support more than that because they have a tight little ship that they're running they have good story development going on an hour is nice and digestible but I am regularly seeing people I've never seen before on a weekly basis. So knowing that all these people are in the company, I don't even have a good idea whether or not these people are actually with the company. Like these are returning people who I'm supposed to recognize or if new people are just rotating through all the time. I don't even have a good, you know, understanding of that dynamic in this company yet. And I think that might be what one of my problems was with watching Lucha Underground because I did not have, you know, WWE has us because of the history. We we know, better or worse, we know the John Cena story. We know the Chris Jericho story. We know the Kevin Owens story. You know, right. you're watching this and, you know, I remember, I think I was even going to write about it or maybe I was even going to podcast about it way back in the day. Um, how I would have redone the opening season because, you know, 
Lucha Underground Season 1 kind of started, and they built around maybe two or three people. You know, Phoenix was one, Prince Puma was one, but at the same time, they kept throwing all of these new people in, and they were trying to be unique and different, so they they brought in Sexy Star. They brought in Masquerita Sagrada, the mini wrestler. Mm -hmm. They brought in uh, what was his slash her name, Pimpinella whatever. So it's this male wrestler who dresses like a woman and acts like a woman. So they were bringing in all of these things to showcase what makes Lucha Libre different than modern professional wrestling, but it was so random in terms of all of these people that it made it hard to watch because I couldn't keep track of everything, you know. Right. A, a new wrestling promotion and maybe this this kind of leads into whatever is going to happen with the brands and the draft and all of that. You have to start with a core group of people, and you really can't start adding people in until fans know who these initial group is. But regardless, so if or or you need to have a long enough show that you can showcase more of these people on a regular basis. That's yes. I think where I'm coming from. Where I say they could do two hours, um, and so, I think part of the reason why I watch it more actively. I know we're going to get back to the card in a minute, but part of the reason why I think I watch it more actively though is because. Every segment that is going on, one, I'm learning something new, because again, these are people I've never seen before, but there is, it always has some, there's some, there's a storyline progression every time. You know, every episode you get from A to B, there's something happening, there's engaging. They're not showing me storyline packages, they're not showing me replays every time I go back from commercial break. Um, they're just giving me the story in a linear path and trusting me to be smart enough to watch it. Now, that said, I'm, you know, I'm watching wrestling late at night. I'm pretty tired. I'm watching it to unwind. I'm not necessarily studying it as I'm sitting there watching it. So, you know, it is escapist entertainment for me. And so I'm not paying as close attention to it, maybe, as I should be, given the fact that I'm expected to I mean, I'm expected to be able to talk about it intelligently on a podcast. <laughs> um, so maybe that's something I need to do, uh, take some notes uh, when I'm actually watching this stuff. I, well, don't, and, I, don't, and I, I don't treat it as seriously as you do. You and, know? and I don't want to... I don't want to alter the way you enjoy wrestling. If you enjoy Lucha Underground as you currently do it, then continue doing that. That's the whole find your happy thing. If Lucha Underground makes you happy, then stick with it. But just w- run us through the match listing, if you will. Um, just so we you get said an Phoenix. idea. We just... I know Phoenix is on that team yeah, uh, and... for the trios. And there's a dragon lizard looking guy. Um, it's Drago. Not... Okay, yeah. Because uh, like just last week, I saw for the first time El Dragon Azteca Jr. Yeah, I've never heard and of so... him. I would have thought that the dragon-looking guy was him, but it's not. It's this other guy. No, Drago was in season one. He's got the longest tongue I've ever seen, to the point that I think it's a fake tongue that he just holds in his mouth. It must be. Otherwise, he, he's he got to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess they have a partner, Aerostar, but I have no idea who that is. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen him before. He's from, he's from outer space. Mm. So, just recently, Rey Mysterio was on the team that was the trio's champions. Okay. Um, do you know who else was part of that team? No. Was that Prince Puma? Was he on there? You don't I'm, know. You I don't you watch season two. So I might have seen Prince Puma as part of that team, mm-hmm. but I really don't know for sure. Yeah. That's the problem with having all these guys in luchador masks, I guess, 
is at some point they kind of blur mm, the lines a little bit. You okay. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think, I think because I haven't sense. watched long enough to learn the the, the distinctions, mm-hmm. um, I it's not I'm the sort of thing you. that stands I, I out know, in my mind. I know, man, that was incredibly racist. <laughs> no, it, I just can't. I didn't mean for it to be, and, but it, it, I, just, and I think it comes back to how you're watching. You're watching for you're watching for pure entertainment, so you're not necessarily. Pick, how closely are you listening to Vampiro and Matt Stryker on the? On the call, I listen to them pretty closely, though, actually, because they because they are explaining storylines to yes. me. Yes, okay. I know you're trying to dig me out of a hole here. But I am. They act and they actually do a pretty good job of. Exp- and that's the other thing, though. I feel like I don't have to retain a lot of this stuff because they do a good job on commentary. They tell me who these people are and why I'm supposed to care. Um, so, like I said, I had that problem with Ring of Honor where I could never figure out who I was watching or why I was supposed to. They actually do such a good job that I'm not retaining it because mm. I know they've yeah. got me. Well, Ring of Honor is its own problem, which we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, so, I was going to make a point, and mm. it's gone. That happens. Um, all right, so just give me some of the matches. You all don't right. have to tell so me about the So, you've got the, the trio's story. championship. Um, the... The Lucha Underground Championship is going to be Pentagon Jr. versus um, Matanza Cueto. I keep getting him mixed up in my mind with No Muertes, but I know he's not No Muertes. I just... Mm-hmm. Matanza have you, have you watched Matanza? Yes, he's great. Okay. I saw him face um, Mil Muertes in the Greatest Consequences match. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was two giant dudes going at each other, so I mean it wasn't... What you would probably call it wasn't a uh, instant uh, cruiserweight classic or anything, yeah. But uh, it was still pretty impressive, I would say. What I found most interesting is I figured leading up to season one, you know, or all through season one. And actually, you, I also saw him wrestle uh, Cage. What's okay, his name Luke Cage. No, Luke Cage huh? is the Marvel guy. Oh, Brian Cage is the wrestler and Johnny the Cage machine. and Johnny Cage is from Mortal Kombat. It's not Luke Cage? Luke Cage is Power Man in the uh Marvel Universe. I just watched season 1 of Jessica Jones and yeah, Luke Cage is in that. All right. I'll believe you. Thank you. Because because I'm right confirms it. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> what I thought was most, you know, season one, they're they're building up that Dario Cueto has. I a, wouldn't know because I haven't seen season one. So Dario, well, and I'm going to get to a point on that too. Dario Cueto has his brother locked up in a cage, and they make it out to be not Brian Cage, and they make it out to be this, you know, this guy is going to be this huge monster of a guy, and so I'm, and they made it out to be such a big deal. I'm like, this has to be a wrestler that we all know. Like, they, they wouldn't have done all of this to reveal someone that no one's ever heard of. I'm like, it's going to wind up being, like, Abyss or something who's going to come over for TNA, or it's going to be, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be some monster-type guy. And then they reveal it, and I'm like, I've never heard of this guy before. And I actually looked up who he is, and I'm not going to go into that to keep Kayfabe alive, but he's also not someone I've ever really heard of. But then I saw, like, a clip on YouTube He's a pretty capable and impressive-looking specimen, um, you know. And it's interesting because, you know, Lucha Underground is making stars out of 
wrestlers that were unknown to the majority of American audiences. You know, <clears throat> people yeah. had a general idea of who Ricochet was before Lucha Underground, but now to the wrestling community that lives online, he's a household name. Um, same with Pentagon Jr. I don't believe anyone knows who is what his real name is. Well, I'm sure someone does, but right. you know, it's not listed. Not on, me. It's not listed on Wikipedia what his real name is. Same with uh, his brother Phoenix, and they are legitimately brothers, apparently. But interesting. But you know, it's yeah. So I just just defend myself a little bit. Are you, I mean, are you like really said, feeling if, bad about this now? I am feeling bad about that. Like if you were to tell me that that trio's team that I'm talking about was Rey Mysterio, Prince Puma. And Phoenix, or you could tell me it was Mysterio, Phoenix, and Aerostar, or you could, t- or you could tell me it was Mysterio, Dragon Azteca. And, I mean, I have no idea who any of those people are. I just don't. I mean, in my head now, I know who Prince Puma is. I know who Rey Mysterio are. But I mean, the other ones, they. But here's the thing. The thing I think is strange about it is I know the difference between Sexy Star, Mariposa, uh, Ivelisse, um the one with uh, uh, Cobra Moon. Um, why? I, Taya, I, I know who all of they... I know all of the Luchadoras are, so why... Because there's five of them. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why, because there's, there's a as limited opposed, number. As opposed to, to the learn. men, and there were, in season one, the masked wrestlers, because I understand why you're feeling bad about it, but at the same time, I don't think you have to. The masked wrestlers that I remember, Phoenix, Drago, Pentagon... Uh, I think there was one called Bengali, Aerostar. Um, and I know Pentagon Jr. is because, I mean, he has a very different look. Yes. You know what well, I mean? And, I mean and, and he's been a part of, you know, I would assume he was a major part of the story, whereas they keep bringing Not out... Really. Really? He just came back like three weeks ago. So He's who, been a major part of it since then. Who was season two built around? I who, don't know. I've only, seen seen? Like six, I've only seen like six to eight episodes. I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that. All right. I know that we're still waiting. Honestly, every single week I have seen Marty the Moth. If you told me season two was built around Marty the Moth, we might be actually be able to convince somebody of that because he actually is on every week that I have seen this show. Um, I would say Sexy Star has been on almost every single week. Um, Daga has been on frequently, but I don't know not who that is. every week. Uh, he's the one who Cobra Moon is into. He's pretty good. I don't know who that um, is. No, neither okay. of them. Were in, um, neither of them were in season uh, one. I know who Johnny Mundo is. I know who Taya is. I know who Mariposa is. I know Matanza Cueto. I know Dario Cueto. I know Mil Muertes and King Cuerno and Prince Puma just came out of nowhere. Rey Mysterio. I know, but he's I know him from other places. Um, Son of Havoc has been around pretty frequently. I like Son of Havoc a lot. Is and, is, and, is and still around? I don't know who that is. Oh man, on Helico is a is could be if he wanted to be a major star in any wrestling promotion. He's like a Dean Ambrose slash. I, I used to make a combination. He it was like three different guys that you could mash together. Um, he's the guy who in season one was like diving off the roof of stuff, you know, okay. and doing like these crazy yeah. high flying moves. I mean, Cage has been there pretty. F- Consistently, um, Chavo Guerrero has been there pretty consistently. All right, uh, and who's that other one? Uh, why can't I think of it right now? I'm leaving someone out. Well, I'm so, I, I'm off track here. That's okay. So here's my advice: even before our crazy amount 
of money starts coming in for our awesome DDT Wrestling t-shirts. Uh-huh. Today's the last day, so if you haven't bought a DDT Wrestling t-shirt by the time you listen to this, it's too late. Uh, but I hope you did. We got some great UK fans, the Lord Jalapeno, Martin. Well, I mean, they could still buy our t-shirt. They just can't get it No, you won't sale. get to, No, yes, that's true. You won't, won't get the sale price. Um, but It's we, still for sale, folks. Go yeah. buy our t-shirt. Buy the shirt. But, um, you know, I know Brandon's bought one. I know um, my parents each bought one. I know... <laughs> Did your nice. parents buy a shirt? I told my parents I do a podcast, and they were like, "You? Does anybody know that it's you? Why would you? You, you don't put yourself out there like that, do you? Talking about that stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I got shamed. No, I got shamed by my parents. My parents each bought a shirt. So, regardless, before any of that, do yourself a favor. And do Mrs. Manson a favor. Buy season one. No. Just buy it. Nope. Come on. Nope. You have to have some discernible income, no. don't you? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Sure, but I use it to buy Netflix and uh, things like that. And the WWE but you're gonna, you, you will appreciate, I believe you will appreciate. Get Lucha Underground on Netflix. I want you tonight to start a change.org petition to get Lucha Underground on Why Netflix. Why do I have to do all the hard work? That's what because, I want to know. Because. You're the one giving me orders over all here. Right. Now I'm giving I will, you orders. I will start. Get this petition started. We get 100,000 um, signatures, and I think Obama then has to make it so. So that's I think he needs exactly to, I think he point. needs to look at the petition if you get 100,000 No, No, he has to make it so. I am, I'm American, and I know Picard. the rules. <laughs> Make it so. Are, are you going to number tell one. me the other matches, or are number we moving one. on? Number one. Make it so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Prince Puma versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Yes. That just came out of nowhere. They just decided, I guess, maybe the trios thing was going on longer. I think Puma was part of that trios thing with him. And I think they had like a splinter form between them there. But now they're just trying to figure out whether or not Prince Puma really is the future or if Rey Mysterio still got it. And from what I've seen from Rey Mysterio, he seems like he's still got it. So I think that match is probably going to be pretty great. Um, If you are going to be at all excited about this Cruiserweight Classic coming up, I think you would owe it to yourself to watch this match, even though it's, you know, not part of that. All right, what else? Um, Pentagon Jr. versus Matanza Cueto. From what I gather, Matanza must have broken Pentagon Jr.'s back at some point in the past. I don't know if that was season two or season one. It didn't um, happen in season one. Matanza wasn't part of season one. So Okay. So He's got a great recovery period if he had a broken back in his back for Ultima Lucha. He's better absolutely. than Batman. I'm not sure how time passes in... Oh, Joey Ryan. That was what I was going to say. The guy that I was mentioning, who's been in like almost every episode this season that I've seen anyways, Joey Ryan. So he's, again, got to be like a core component of the season, I guess. I don't but, get Joey Ryan at all. I didn't get him, but the storyline they're telling around him being an undercover cop makes him make sense to me. He's going out of his way to be ridiculous as an attempt to sort of 
blend in with all of these ridiculous characters. Just 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 that little just that little bit of justification makes him make sense to me. Because I'd seen him before. I'd seen him in TNA. I'd seen him a little bit in some independent stuff just online. And yeah, he never made any sense to me. But just that little bit of storyline justification in Lucha Underground, yeah, makes me actually sort of like Joey Ryan, which is something I never thought I would say. Okay. Um, so take that and smoke it, sir. Um, then they've got another Gift of the Gods Championship. I don't know. So I'm guessing they must be setting up that's a, okay, I don't understand this. They just did the Gift of the Gods. like Because I saw that. Where Cage won it, he cashed in, eventually, and he had his title match with Matanza. And now they've been doing this thing that the, um, the, 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 the medallions, I guess, were back out there again. And now the Gift of the Gods is happening again. This is, I was confused. Mrs. Ma- uh, Manson was trying to explain it to me, but I don't know if she really knew or not. Is the Gift of the Gods Championship something that just rolls in Lucha Underground? Is there always a Gift of the Gods Champion? Or as soon as it gets cashed in, do they start that process again? Is that just a thing that's always in play? Whether somebody's holding it or they're doing the tournament to get somebody to hold it? Is that just a constant in Lucha Underground? I, I I can't tell. But since they are having a match for it now and I just saw the whole tournament plus a cash in on it I kind of feel like it must be a rolling thing do you know DC do you have any idea well season one was spent pretty much completely um to crown that champion so that you know it was about halfway through the season I think that they started doing the medallions and then I believe at Ultima Lucha they had a seven way match to crown the first ever Gift of the Gods champion See, so I don't know and now that I think about it though like that's the thing that happened where Cage ended up with the Gift of the Gods championship and he cashed it in on Matanza but like the last couple of weeks I mean if you told me that they had been doing it oh yeah they have been doing it for medallions I was going to say, if you were telling me that they didn't do it for medallions this time, and they just put all these people into a match to have this match at Ultra Lucha Dos, I would believe you. Except now I remember Marty the Moth having a match where he had the team with Killshot, and then he won a medallion, and then he took Killshot's dog tags and put him into the pouch with the medallion. So yeah, now they totally have those medallions back in play. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It seems like... It's kind of an intriguing concept to me if it is, in fact, just a rolling system. At least at this point, maybe it wasn't in Season 1. But can you imagine that if Money in the Bank was just a thing that was always in play? I think it, it should just, be. I think that would be awesome, right? You know, as soon as somebody you... cashes it in, they immediately do another Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, or it's And then the that next, person can hold it as long pay-per-view. or as little as they want. Yeah, so Dean Ambrose cashes in at Money in the Bank. Which, I suppose, would technically not be a pay-per-view anymore. You would get rid of that pay-per-view and just have the match. So so Dean Ambrose cashes in, so at Battleground, you have another Money in the Bank match. I think that's actually a really good idea. Because it keeps something that actually makes storylines interesting, mm-hmm. and it keeps it in play. Because yeah. right now, I'm feeling that in WWE, we only had one of those briefcases in play. It got cashed in the same night it got won, yeah. and now it's we like, have that's to wait a storyline... Before it happens, that's a storyline I sort of actually look forward to. Mm-hmm. Or um, if they wanted to, in now. this instance, because of the draft, you wait and you have qualification matches as soon as the draft happens, and at SummerSlam, 
you have a Money in the Bank match, and the winner takes that briefcase to whatever show they... Sure. Why not? I mean, I will say, in the end of the last brand split, they were doing Money in the Banks for both brands, and as somebody who probably watched... I think you said you were watching all of the Money in the Bank matches. Yes. You have to admit, some of those were pretty thin. Um, there was one, I want to say it was 2012, but I think it was one... I don't remember if it was the one Sandow one. There were two two on a one show, uh, which is a bad idea to begin with. You don't want to have two of the same match, a uh, gimmick match, on a show. I have that problem with Hell in the Cell. I have that problem with all of that. Um, there was series? one that had all the young guys, and it opened the show. It was the SmackDown one, and it was fantastic. The Raw one, terrible. Yeah. Because it, I think like it was like Kane and Mark Henry and the big show, I think, were all in it at the same time. And it was just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Just eat the ladders. All right. Just move on. All right. Uh, speaking of moving on, we are almost 45 minutes in and we've talked solely about. Are there any other matches I should know yeah, about? Yeah. King Cuerno versus Mil Mortes is going to be a fantastic match. Um, after the Graver Consequences match, which Mil Mortes lost. King Cuerno had collected his body as, like, a trophy. Um, and, you know, because I know we love a good wrestle magic. Like, apparently when somebody dies in Lucha Underground in kayfabe, they actually are dead. So, like, you get put into the coffin in a Grave Consequences match, and you are dead storyline-wise. I think that's actually kind of cool. Um... Well, and anyways, since he's Milton Muertes, the man of a thousand deaths or whatever, Ivelisse um, was able... Not Ivelisse. Is it Ivelisse? No, who's he with? It's Katrina. not Ivelisse. Katrina. That's it. I'm sorry. So Katrina resurrected him out of the glass coffin at King Cuernos, and now they got a feud going on. Like, that's so cool. Like, we talk about all the... Th- like, I don't know if we talk about it all the time, but you can make an argument that kayfabe is dead, right? If you're talking about the WWE. There's no such thing as legitimate suspension of disbelief to believe the official narratives. In WWE, it's all about the meta-narrative now. You, It's all about the performers and the backstage and all that, at least as wrestling fans, you know what I mean? But in Lucha Underground, the thing that I think is great is... Like you were saying, you can't find the names of some of these people online. There's no backstage to speak of. All there are are the official storylines, and kayfabe's alive and well. It's fun. It's stupid. It's, you know, and you just you just suspend your disbelief, and you're a mark again. You know what I mean? I don't really like that term, but in the term of, you know, simply you are believing the product almost as if it's real. Of course, I don't actually think it's real, but... You know, that's all there is to the product. There's a naivete about it that I find really endearing, I guess. It makes you... This makes you love wrestling in its purest form. Um, at least that's what Wrestle Magic does for me. And this show is all about magic, Wrestle Magic, so... Um, Speaking of Wrestle Magic... Yeah. Two words. There's still more matches on Lucha. We have to Ultima. move on. We have to move on. I gave you every chance. What do you mean? I gave you every chance to talk about him, and we spent all this time talking about how you can't tell masked wrestlers apart. <laughs> I was just talking about Wrestle Magic and you're all an, the fun stuff. You're an anti-maskite. That's what you are. Can you tell the difference between Sin Cara and Kalisto? Yes. Kalisto's the short one. All right, fair enough. 
Sin Cara is the one with the giant tattoo on his shoulder. So he's the rock. I thought it was very strange on Raw this week that they announced Sin Cara as being from Mexico. Why? Because he's Texan. Well, you mean honestly Texan or kayfabe Texan? If we're talking about the difference between kayfabe and reality. Kane <laughs> was born in Texas. Kane was born He's in... He's American. Kane was born in Spain. Wouldn't it have been really funny if um, Sin Cara had been on Team America? And they were on separate teams? Yeah. That would have been that. funny, but it wouldn't have met with the story. No, but I'm not going into WWE yet because we're talking Wrestle Magic, and I have two words for you. Okay. Final deletion. Oh, it's tonight. What in the world is that? Final? De- you don't know what final deletion is? I don't know what like the. I I know it is a match between. It is Matt Hardy, the broken Matt Hardy, versus Brother Nero. Jeff Hardy, but what, in a final deletion match. I would like to know this, the 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 actual gimmick of the gimmick match. What no is one it? knows. God, it's as I understand it. He has invited his brother back to his compound in North Carolina, where the match is going to take place. So it's going to be a pre-taped segment, Wait whatever it is. Wait a second. Wait a second. Are you telling me that the Wyatt family is stealing from Matt Hardy? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I don't know what's real anymore. WWE is stealing from TNA right now. And I can't really blame them because this whole thing has taken off like wildfire ever since that stupid promo went viral on the internet. Um, The broken Matt Hardy is unwatchable, but you can't look away. It's a train wreck. I don't know if the guy's hopped up on drugs or if he's just doing the most brilliant performance of his life. And that is fantastic. I think he's probably... No, not think. Come on. He's, he's been in the business long enough. He's had his demons. But he, I think he legitimately has just sort of reinvented himself here. He's just doing crazy stuff. Because this is TNA's last gasp, isn't it? Everybody keeps saying they're almost out of money. Billy Corgan had to invest money in them so they could actually do Slammiversary, pay off their debtors so the production trucks would come so they could televise Slammiversary. Like, they are on their last legs. So at this point, you throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And Matt Hardy, you know, I don't know if he's going to actually be throwing the Hail Mary pass here or what, but I'm going to watch TNA tonight, which is not something I have done live in a decade and I've you know made a show of watching it here or there the last few weeks but like I'm legit gonna watch tonight to see what the heck this thing is I will say this during the taping of this show I went on to Google and I looked at PlayStation View again because I'm I'm still going back and forth and as we head towards the draft I think I'm gonna invest with that sweet sweet DDT wrestling t-shirt money Um, in some PlayStation View. And I noticed that the very basic package, which is probably all I'm going to be willing to spend, includes pop. There is a chance, depending on how long we go tonight, depending on what the rest of my night consists of, there is a chance that I will get my seven-day trial today and watch TNA. 
to just because and and I wouldn't have done it. I would have just let the train wreck happen. But Lance Storm, yes, you saw of, I retweeted that. Did you one see of that? the one of the great wrestlers of his generation and a great trainer, trained Tyler Breeze, trained some other people, has said to make sure to watch it. It will be a match that will be talked about for years to come. And he didn't say it tongue in cheek. He said it seemingly, excuse me, seriously. It's hard to say with Lance Storm, especially online, whether it was serious yes. or not. But, but, man, people are talking about TNA right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, that's magic. Matt Hardy has pulled off magic. I don't know if it's enough to save that company, but he's made himself relevant and that company relevant in a way that was unthinkable as little as a couple of months ago. Leave it to Sweeney Todd. He looks redonkulous. These are my friends. See how they glisten. Did you watch TNA last week? I haven't. No. no. The only thing I've watched from TNA is that promo video. That is the only. There was thing this. From- you should you you should look up on YouTube because I bet you there's got to be videos of it from last week. It was him confronting his brother Nero, brother Jeff, um, and he was being rolled out to the ring in a wheelchair by his wife, and they're just having this back and forth thing. Like on the ramp, and he's in the wheelchair, and he's just, and he's talking about, I need one more match! The final deletion! The final deletion! The final! Like, it makes no sense. It's so bad. It's. It's. It's sublime. It's it's transcending. I, I. like it's postmodern in a way. It's a it's a terrible B movie. The acting is atrocious, but that's okay. You know what I mean? Like this is my love, I think, probably of B movies coming to the forefront. But whatever this is, I've seen grade Z cinema, you know, that was enjoyable, and this is this is totally there. Like it's it's intriguing in a way that it has no right to be. Um but that's just one man's opinion. It is Russell Silly. And it is Russell Silly in a very odd extent because if this company succeeds, it will be based purely on Russell Silly. If you go ask a hundred random wrestling fans, online fans or regular fans, and you say, name as many TNA wrestlers as you can, most of them will get the Hardys. And I think very few of them could name maybe even one other. Maybe they would know Ethan Carter III. Maybe they would guess that Abyss is still part of it. Maybe they would guess that Lashley's still around. But I look at what's on, you know, what's on TV, and they talk about, you know, oh, it's the Eli Drake. I'm like, I have never heard that name before in my life. Dummy, yeah. I'm assuming you know who that is. Dummy, yeah. I it? don't know. He just had this gimmick. He was like a bad game show host. He was doing like a you know a, a Jericho um, highlight reel sort of segment. He had this podium in the ring that looked like it was made out of cardboard, and he had this big easy button. Every time he would slap it, a little 
emoticon of him would show up on the screen, like South Park style, split jaw, and it would just go, Dummy! Yeah! And like, I don't know what the heck that was about, but it was repetitive and stupid in a terribly stupid way, and eventually James Storm came out and super kicked him in the face. James Storm made a bad decision. Yes, he did. I wonder if James Storm knew, because that was... I don't remember the timeline completely, but I believe that was before Robert Roode, Bobby Roode, officially signed, and that might have even been before Austin Aries had totally officially signed. I, I don't get it. I don't made get a bad it. decision. Yeah, company loyalty, maybe. I don't know. As he said in his promo, he's the only guy who's been there since the beginning. It could be. Or it could be that, you know, he saw the writing on the wall, that he is not... He was going to be an NXT guy. You know, James Storm, unless he wound up reforming Beer Money, was probably not going to be a call-up anytime soon. You know, I like James I mean, the brand split changes that quite a bit. He maybe could have gotten called up in he a might. split. He might. But there's no way he could have known that at that time. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think in hindsight, this is going to be a bad. You know, and maybe there's maybe there's a unspoken or obviously, you know, maybe there's a non-public agreement that he can come back to NXT if this doesn't work. But, you know, by... Usually with the WWE, you burn a bridge like that and you don't get another one. That's true. And... You know, by that time, I don't know if they're going to need James Storm. This cruiserweight they classic. They don't need him now. They've already apparently signed Tajiri to stick around after the cruiserweight classic. I'm assuming. I'm going to even go ahead and say six to ten of these thirty-two guys are probably going to get development deals. Can I ask you a question about Tajiri? Sure. Does the WWE re-signing Tajiri? Make any sort of sense to you? Yes. Okay, lay it on me. Um, international star, so it adds to the diversity of the company, which they're all for. Uh, gives them depth because you know, with a brand split, Tajiri could show up on SmackDown or Raw and do fine in a short term run or be, you know um he could transition into a trainer he could transition into a backstage agent you know i don't think we know the details of the deal but just because he signed with WWE doesn't mean he has to be a wrestler full time you know they could put, yeah. they could have him as kind of the gateway to your Asuka's Nakamura's Hideo Itami That was going to be my point type. that's the only way that it makes sense to me is if he's going to be serving sort of as an ambassador for some of those talents yeah. uh, in the near future. You know, future. Shinsuke's English is better than I expected. Hideo Itami's, who has made his return, and I'm willing to give him a second chance, uh, has never, to the best of my knowledge, had a great grasp of English. Asuka's grasp of English isn't fantastic, so he could kind of serve, in the role kind of Funaki had there for a while, kind of just being part translator, part kind of traveling buddy. He is still, if you watch the pay-per-views when they go down the row of all the international announcers, he's Ooh, that's right. He's on yeah. the Japanese cuz they'd have, you know, it's Russia and they speak in Russian. It's number German one. and they speak and then and then the the other Japanese guy Funaki, talks. Number 1. Yeah. Why did Funaki become Jean-Luc Picard? <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> 
It'd be great if you could just bust. Because you know how sometimes, like, you have, like, those Korean, like, cover bands who can, like, do the Beatles and sound exactly like the Beatles, but they don't speak a word of English? Yes. Wouldn't it be great if Funaki could just whip out a John Luke Picard like that? That would be so good. Yes. Oh, I hope that's real. I- <laughs> I'm going to believe that that is real. I- oh, you can't ruin this for me, DC. I'm, I'm- going to believe that for real the rest of my life. Now, Let's talk shop here for a minute. We're an hour in. We have yet to do much WWE discussion at all. Do we save that for a private earful? And we just talk raw? A private earful of what? Food fight? Pie? Wrestle (laughs) silly? Call it what you will? Yeah. I mean... What else we got for that show this week? We could do another top ten. We could talk about the top ten heels. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you... We've gotten to the point in the evening where Doc Manson just makes faces and looks at himself in the camera. <laughs> he good needs time, more I... ecto cooler, apparently. I do. I've ran out. My blood sugar is getting low. It's dropping precariously. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm up for just about anything, DC. Although I do sort of feel like we got to give him a little bit more. A little more. Well, okay, then let me ask you this. A little more. Let me ask you this. Where? Why is our hashtag game not as strong as it needs to be? We, we what need should our hashtag to, we, game be? We need to get something trending, because there's this guy, at Bear Hug It Out. I think he's got a podcast. And he did, stop making faces at yourself. All right? Okay. Um... He did the hashtag wrestle a band. Today he did hashtag wrestle a show. We got to get something trending, and I don't think DDT Wrestling's it. We got to come up with something clever to get trending worldwide. Well, first of all, he has more than three to four times the number of followers than we do combined. So that probably helps. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, so I don't know. What do you want to. I don't know. I don't I don't that. think, you know, I don't have an idea, of course, but I'm just saying we got to figure it out. We got to come up with something. Uh and the other thing Lord I want, knows it's not Oscar yes. So, it is not Oscar yes. Maybe it'll be Ecto Cooler. We could get Ecto Cooler trending. <laughs> I saw on Amazon Pantry they have cans available, so 12 ounces, and they're in a uh can that changes color when it gets cold. So, like, the slime becomes, like, more prominent and green when it's cold. I'm going to have to get myself a pack of that. Possibly three or four packs So you'll buy that, but you won't buy yourself Lucha Underground. Well, yeah, but, I mean, this I'm going to stick in a closet and take it out in ten years and try to sell it on eBay. You're not even going to drink it? Well, that's why I'm getting four. All so right. I can drink some and sell some. All right, let me ask you this question. It's got to go in the vault. Let me ask you this question before we wrap up this show and head over to a private earful where we can talk about Raw. Who do you want Brock Lesnar's opponent to be for SummerSlam? Because we are recording on Tuesday before the SmackDown tapings, so they're going to reveal it in just a few minutes probably. But before we know, who do you want... Okay, let me answer this two ways. The first way is, I don't think they should announce anybody or his opponent at SummerSlam. I think they're doing this 
in a foolhardy manner to show that they are still relevant and say, us too, us too. Yeah, he's got the UFC thing, but us too. But as some people on Twitter pointed out, what if Brock Lesnar gets hurt in this fight? Then what does the WWE do? I don't believe for a second that they're going to force him to compete if he legitimately gets hurt and gets to a place where an athletic commission tells him he can't compete. I believe that they will honor that. I don't know if they have a choice, necessarily, anyways, but they will honor that. So I think it's foolhardy of them to announce anybody as his opponent right now. I understand why they're doing it, but the me tooness of it just seems a little bit desperate to me, and I wish that they had a little more forethought on this. Because if it goes badly for Brock then they're in a place where they have to renege on it and they have to change their booking, which is, you know, something that could happen anytime anyways, but it just seems, like I said, a little foolhardy on the WWE's behalf. Do you agree with that at all? I do. I think part of this is like what you said. Um, I also think part of it is, I think there's two things. Number one, they're trying to make SmackDown important before the draft. So this is fairly big news being released on SmackDown. So SmackDown becomes... Now, granted, it's not going to become must-watch. It's going to become must-read spoilers so you find out who the opponent is. Um, But they're trying to make SmackDown more important. And I think the other thing is this is kind of WWE trying to take some of the spotlight back, which is part of the Me Too, Me Too thing. But I think it's also a way to remember... Yeah, Brock Lesnar's going to have this fight on Saturday, and that's going to be fantastic and great. But let's remember that he's a wrestler first. He's a sports entertainer first. And he's got a bigger match than this coming up against whomever. And that's why I think the opponent choice is fairly important. Because like you said, if he gets injured, you can't have this be a major storyline. This has to be something that's kind of above or at least off to the side of everything else. Um, You know, it's not going to be John Cena. It's not going to be AJ Styles. It's not going to be any of that because those guys are going to need their own thing on the off chance that Brock is, in fact, hurt. But what was the second thing? Who do you think? Well, I think there's a good chance that, as the Internet says, Randy Orton is a good candidate, I guess, because what you were just saying about it, you know, being not part of a major storyline. This is a guy who's been out for a long time. I just don't know whether that makes sense for it to be him because if reports are true, he's only getting back to training this week. So is that a quick turnaround time uh, to be facing uh, Lesnar? I I, I don't know. Um, But the other thing I just want to throw out there, though, is the last time that they built... They built a show around Brock Lesnar, if you recall, on the WWE Network, um, Beast in the East. And do you remember who they had him just randomly thrown against there? New Day. The New Day? Yeah, he fought Kofi Kingston. I believe it was the big show, wasn't it? Not in Tokyo. Beast, of, Beast of the Tokyo? East. Beast in the East, it was big show. Not big show. Brock Lesnar versus New Day. And he tossed all three of them around. Huh. Okay. I do remember. I do remember him fighting big show, but that was a different... That was a different house show or something? Yeah. All right. But, I mean, either way, I just feel like they have a track record of not utilizing Brock Lesnar the way that you think he ought to, especially when he's not part of one of the major storylines. Lesnar versus Big Show was in Madison Square Garden in October. Madison Square Garden, that's the right. Okay. But even still, there's two examples. So, 
Randy Orton makes some sense because, as you said, I think they want it to feel like this is a big match. Mm -hmm. And so having him face a returning Neville might be exciting, but it's not a big match. No. Him facing the big show or Mark Henry or Kane is not a big match. And all the other top guys are back on the roster and healthy and doing something. So none of that makes any much sense either. Um, yeah. Randy Orton makes a lot of sense. He does. I'm just, as I said, and I got a lot of people disagreed with my opinion, which is perfectly fine. I don't personally get a lot of excitement about the idea of Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. Yeah. I don't get a lot of excitement from the idea of Randy Orton versus anyone. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If Randy Orton never showed up on WWE programming ever again, I don't think we'd be any worse off for it. What if he wore a mask? Who? What if he wore a mask? Exactly. Oh, then I wouldn't know who he was at all. I I like Randy Orton in the role of veteran. You know, I enjoyed his feud with Rollins. At around WrestleMania 31, um, you know, and Orton is one of those guys who, when he's passionate about it, makes me excited. And so, if he came out and was passionate and was the kind of viperish character, and you know, punted Big Show in the head, or not Big Show, Brock—I keep getting him confused now—Brock Lesnar in the head at some point, maybe I'd get into it. But the problem I have—it has nothing to do with Randy Orton. It has to do with the it has way everything they, to do with him pooping in bags. No. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. He's matured since then. Has he? Like a fine wine. Mm. The problem I have is the way they've built Brock Lesnar. You've built up Brock Lesnar to be such a monster that unless you're just there to watch him run over someone and count the suplexes, I'm not excited unless I see someone who can stand a legitimate chance of beating him. And as much as Roman Reigns did a nice job of that... He's not, you know, you need a guy with legitimate fighting chops in order for me to be interested. And so I go to a guy like, and I'm, you know, this is a pie in the sky dream, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, those kind of guys, besides the fact that Lesnar and Shinsuke, I believe, already fought in Japan, they both have legitimate MMA kind of backgrounds. And so they're someone who might be able to outgrapple. Brock Lesnar. They might not outpower him, but they're going to be able to outgrapple him or they're going to be able to knee strike him in the head and, you know, potentially take him out. Randy Orton, besides the image of countering the F5 into the RKO, what has he got that's going to give him a shot against someone who is such a supreme talent? That's my worry. It has nothing to do with Orton. I like Orton fine. I'm sure they could tell a nice story. But in the end, Orton's going to get tossed around for 15 minutes and lose. What if it's The Undertaker again? I would like that more than Randy Orton. Would you really? I would. I just don't know. I've, we saw that match so many times we last did, year. We did. But at the same time, it's the, you know, you want to talk spectacle. Was that last year or two years ago? Last year. Last year? SummerSlam okay. last year and Hell in a Cell last year. Right, but okay. you want to talk yeah. spectacle? That was a spectacle type show. One idea that just came to me here, and I don't love it, but it goes off of that. Kane, Brock Lesnar versus Kane. You've got the brotherly connection. You've got the 
you know, he's not, like we said, I don't think Kane's going to be doing anything else on that show. So it's not like you're going to need to, you know, come up with a plan B for booking. And he's got the size advantage, like Big Show, to potentially be a halfway decent opponent. It could be Kane. I think the more than likely it's going to be Orton. I'd love it if they went outside the box and picked Joe or Nakamura. I'd even be okay with Del Rio, who's got an MMA background. But, you know, and, and again, part of this is just the fact that they've built Brock Lesnar up to a point where his matches don't excite me anymore. Yeah. I don't need I mean, to watch I someone get I suplexed. I can't think of anything that would really make me excited about any of this, but let's be what if honest it's Kurt with Angle? one another. What if it's Kurt Angle? Okay. Would that it's make not. you excited? It would, yes, but it won't be. What if it's um, CM Punk? Less so. What if it's Matt Hardy? <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> In the wheelchair. Extremely excited. Brother Brocco. Brother Brocco. But, I mean, really, though, I mean, but let's be real with one another here. Even though I say I'm not excited for almost anything they might do with him, um, you put a microphone in Paul Heyman's hands, and I will be buying whatever it is they are selling, probably with inside of five minutes. Because he can make me care about anything, I think. Yes, that's true. Do you feel like Paul Heyman should be used more than just Brock Lesnar, or do you think... Yes. Okay, I do too. I know that he's part of the whole special attraction thing. You overuse him, and you lose him, I guess. Like, they tried using him more before with Cesaro and Curtis Axel, but at that time... He was still focused on getting over Brock. He wasn't actually focused on getting over Cesaro or Curtis Axel. Maybe, well, more so with Cesaro. I guess Curtis Axel, maybe he tried harder with. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, that guy is the best talker on the roster, probably. Like, I know that people don't like him, especially not in, like, positions of power backstage. I mean, he was in charge of SmackDown before and ECW and all that, and none of that ended well. But, man, that guy should be the general manager of SmackDown when that brand split happens. He just should be. I would watch that. I think a lot of people would watch that. He could sell anything. Anything. So, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I think they could use him a lot more. And I really, I don't really buy the angle of, well, he's a special attraction too, and uh, keep him with Brock so he doesn't lose his luster. Nah, he's that good. He used to do it every week, he could do it again. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he wants to is a different story. And I think that's it. I think if WWE could use him, they would. They would be ridiculously dumb. I'm not, not sure to. if they would, because I know there's a lot of bad blood there, or at least. Supposedly there is. You keep him off the creative team. And I and I'm sure he would, you know, the longer he's there, the more you know, I'm sure I will say, Stephanie I, would I don't, be worried I don't he think, would infect the roster or something. I will but, say though, I don't I don't think he's interested in no, that. No, I don't anymore, think so. Which either. I think is the major difference and why it would be, I think, potentially safe to put him into one of those positions. Because before, when he was in charge of ECW and he was in charge of creative, he had something to care about that was his legacy that they were asking him to do things with that he didn't necessarily agree mm-hmm. but i think 
in the years that have passed, he has mellowed out on it. I think he's very happy to do what he does with no other involvement at this point. At least that's my impression from the outside. Um, and if that's the case, then hopefully somebody else recognizes that. And But then again, if he doesn't have that investment, maybe he's not interested, right? So, yeah, we're right. We're in circles. Talking in circles now. But. All right. Well, anyways, we have covered a lot of ground here. On DDT Wrestling. We've talked Ecto Cooler and the deliciousness mm. therein. That's the worst opening we've ever done. No, I don't think that's true. Oh, man. I was talking about nothing, and then this podcast, you weren't talking at all. Like, oh, this is going to be... I think it's... Un- this is this is going to be proof that you could do your own show just talking by yourself, and the neighborhood would listen. Yeah. But yeah, we covered Lucha Periscope. Underground. We talked about TNA. We spent a long time talking about Lucha Underground. I think we only did okay. about 15 minutes of WWE. And we didn't even talk, like, current stories that much. Um, which is why I want... Well, we'll talk about that off the air. We'll talk about where we go from here off the air. But anyways, uh, a little bit of positivity. Give me a little bit of positivity. Could be Raw-related, could be wrestling-related, could just be that you drank Ecto Cooler. Give me something to take me through my week. Take me up to the Great White North. Well... I am really looking forward to Ultima Lucha Dose. I mean, that's going to be a great show. I've said before that I feel like, you know, they should have longer shows. But, like, even, like, I saw this in part one of this event, three weeks long. Like, I would be happy with them just having one-week shows, but then just periodically having a three-hour Event, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be fine with that. I have to imagine the L-Ray Network doesn't have that much programming. I'm sure they'd be okay no. with that. I mean, even if watch, they did, I watch they did two hours. Even if they had two hours a month. Yeah. Something. Just something. Like, so, so there was, so you were building towards something. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I would say, this is my moment of positivity, and we're going back into negativity. But I would say the one negative thing about Lucha Underground, it doesn't really ever feel like they're building towards no. anything. Well, you've got 26 weeks leading to one big show. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's just... It's a strange dynamic mm-hmm. right now that I haven't quite gotten my head around, I guess. But no, it's going to be a great show. There's some great wrestling on there. Um, looking forward to it quite a bit. I think pound for pound, that's going to be one of the best shows of the year. Oh, I would have to over. agree. Yeah. Uh, my piece of positivity, and I'm going to try to stick. Hey, I'll say it. I'll go back to what we talked about before. I'm considering watching TNA and not just to, you know, fall asleep or something like that. Uh, I give a lot of grief to Matt Hardy. He's one of my least favorite wrestling personalities, at least in the way he talks to fans and things. Um, But at the same time, he's obviously done something right because you're not talking about what Jeff Hardy's done to lead up to this show. Everyone's talking about Matt Hardy. So I will give... You know how Jeff Hardy used to have, like, that that little rag hanging out of his back pocket of his pants? Yes. And then in TNA, for a while, it was like a full, like, shirt, like... Like a like a an A shirt. It was it was like you know down to the the back of his knee almost. During this final deletion promo last week, when Matt was in the wheelchair, dude had on a white. I don't know what like it was. It was like it was like a clown pulling out of his sleeve. It was like five shirts knotted together. You could see that it was like dragging on the ground behind him, tucked into the back of his pants. 
It was... You say that Nat, that Jeff Hardy, rather, has not done anything, but I challenge you, sir. Who else but Jeff Hardy would wear 15 feet of white athletic shirts out of the back of his pants and pretend like it were hip or cool in 2016? Who? Who? I, I don't think... But Brother Nero. Well, I, I am looking forward to whether or not I will be... Watching or just hearing about it, I am excited to hear about what happens to Brother Nero and Brother Faro. Um, near, far, wherever you are. Anyways, I'm excited for that. I'm glad TNA is getting some uh, mostly positive publicity, even if it's watching the car wreck. Uh, so, we. Hey man, car wrecks are entertaining too. They are indeed. Unless you're in one, then they're not fun. Well, I was thinking like, you know, a monster. Oh, yes, that's true. Situation. Demolition derbies. But you're right. The, the thing that you said is true. Yes. Also. But demolition derbies are fun to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are DDT Wrestling. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, joined, as always, by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. We are with you each and every week. Fridays on our own feed. You can find us on iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. I believe you can find DDT Wrestling. We have a t-shirt we'd love for you to buy, ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. Uh, take a look at all the NAI Network merchandise. Hopefully you'll pick yourself up a DDT Wrestling shirt as well as some others, perhaps. Uh, and we have a website, ddtpod.com, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. There are myriad ways for you to get a hold of Doc and I and be a part of the DDT Wrestling experience. Doc Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head off into that good night? Speaking of DDT Wrestling at gmail. No, we can't. It has to do with WWE. We haven't talked about WWE yet. Dirt sailing. Are you going to take Rick out to dinner first? What are you talking about? <laughs> An email from our good buddy Chris Ock. Dirt. <laughs> he heard that you were going dirt sailing in Maine next week, and he wanted to know. Oh yes, because or not I am. You, the, I am apparently I am the bear. The bear. Well, and for those of you who have watched Camp WWE, you know that Rick gets rather friendly with one of the. Um, Natures of the forest. If Rick's paying, we can go anywhere he wants. How about that? How about that? We are DDT Wrestling, and until we meet again, we will see you around the neighborhood. Woo! 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 Ecto cooler! Ecto cooler! Yeah!